This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Christy Landwehr from Aurora, Colorado. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for this Tuesday, March 15th, 2022, episode 2891. This episode is brought to you by the Certified Horsemanship Association. Good morning, Horse World. It's the third Tuesday of the month on Horses in the Morning. And that means we get deep into training, education, and horsey fun with Christy from the Certified Horsemanship Association. Well, Christy, it's official. We moved to the new house yesterday, and I am in the new studio. Do I sound marvelous? Oh, you sound amazing. I am so excited to be one of your first hosts to get to be in the oh, new studio. I you feel are very the first. special. I got up at five o'clock this ah. morning to hook all this crap up. So <laughs> you're it. If it's not working, it's your fault. Uh, That's <laughs> great. I feel very special. So are you guys so happy being in the new digs? Yeah, I mean, we'll be happier when the uh, 70 boxes are unpacked. Um, yes. You know, that'll be much happier time. But I at least got the studio set up and Jennifer's studio's up and running because she has two shows today. Nothing like diving in with both feet. Uh, but yeah, so it's working, and uh, I'm so excited. We, You know, mine's fairly complicated. I have three computers and four monitors hooked through one mixer. Oh, so, so there's a lot of wires and microphones and, you know, mouses and keyboards, and I keep talk, typing on the wrong keyboard. That I do a lot. So. <laughs> that is something I don't think I could handle, all the plugging in of stuff. It would overwhelm me. Yeah, you have three keyboards and three mice, and you have to keep track of which ones do what, you know, so, oh, <laughs> so that's fun. yeah. But we're here. So thank you for everybody for joining us. We really appreciate it. I'll be back again tomorrow with Jamie. uh, Finally, after all these illness things and moving things, we're going to be back on a normal schedule here. But today you have an exciting show planned for the Certified Horsemanship Association. Yes, I'm so excited. So we are doing basically what is CHA? We've been asked to kind of dive in deep a little bit more about what our certifiers do and what our programs are. So we're going to be discussing each of our professional certifications, except for one that um, I want to mention right now, and it's called our seasonal equestrian staff. And this is for those of you listening that might work at or run a camp program or some sort of a program where you have just counselors or just equine professionals come in for the summer. So a Girl Scout camp, Boy Scout camp, Christian camp, YMCA, those are the ones that tend to use this program the most. And you can basically train and certify your staff as assistants, which means that they help others in the arena or on the trail or as full-blown seasonal equestrian staff, which means they can be independent during the summer. The certification is good for one year. The training lasts three days. And what a lot of the camps do, Glenn, is they'll do it at the same time that they're doing their rock climbing wall training or the same time they're doing their lifeguard certification, stuff like that. So happy to do those. Most of them take place in May. Uh, so now's the time if you know of anybody that might Camp want to do that. coming. It is right around the corner. And you said you were going someplace fun today. 
Well, you didn't say fun. You said you're going someplace. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say qualify that. No, I think (laughs) it should be fun. Um, It is AHA. They're the American Hippotherapy Association, and they're having their convention here in my hometown of Denver. And what it is, it's all the therapists. So it's going to be your physical therapist, your occupational therapist, your speech language pathologist, and your psychotherapist, they're all coming, and they all use the horse as a tool in their therapy. And this is not my bailiwick, just so we're all clear on that. Um, I do not, I am not a therapist, um, and I don't even teach adaptive writing. However, many of the clients that I've worked with over the past, you know, have ADHD or some things that I guess would qualify me as an adaptive writing instructor. But I'm going based on, huh, the fun word called terminology, based on making sure that the therapist understands the equine professional. Because, you know, equine professionals tend to say some words sometimes that the average Joe is like, what did you just say? Mm, gotcha. What's a Kimberwick? What's yeah. an ergot? What's AQHA? What's NRHA? Right? We so tend to live in the land you're doing grammar and dictionary that. lessons? There you go. I'm, but it'll be very fun. It'll be very fun. And then we'll be able to hopefully make it so that horse professionals and therapists talk better to one another when they're working with clients. It That's probably goes a lot the other way, too, though, doesn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, for sure. It's definitely a two-way street. And then afterwards, they're having a little dinner that I get to be a part of. So I am looking forward to seeing all my AHA friends this afternoon. So excited to have Joanne Young on the show today. She is a professor a professor at Houghton College in New York. She has incorporated CHA into the college programs there for years. She's also a certifier for us in our English and Western Instructor and our Equine Facility Manager programs. She is also a regional director for us. Hello, Joanne. How are you today? I'm doing fine, thank you. We actually have sunshine and the snow is melted. Well, that's good news for New York. What is so neat for, for sure. those that don't know, we had our international conference at Houghton a couple of times, and they're very close to Niagara Falls, which is so cool, just to yes, give you a perspective. Joanne, tell folks a little bit more about your equine background. You sure have done a lot. Well, when you've lived as long as I have and you love horses as much as I do, that kind of tends to happen. Um, I trained horses for the quarter horse circuit to help pay my way through college. I was back in the day when they only had Western classes. So I did them for halter, Western pleasure and Western riding class. Um, I started judging horse shows in 1978. I prior to that lived in Bolivia for two years where I trained a feral horse. It was born untouched by human hand for the first three years of her life out in a huge pasture. That was a bit of an adventure, which involved a little gambling, as in uh, UNICEF had sent a drilling crew down to drill a well deep enough so that the indigenous tribe, the Ayoreos, that we were working with could have water that was clean enough. You didn't have to boil it for 20 minutes before it was safe to drink. And the drilling crew all laid bets on the day that I was going to ride Carmelita the first time as Uh to whether I would last, and if so, how many bucks. They (laughs) dropped the drill bit into the casing at the moment that my left foot was in the stirrup and my right leg was swinging in the air over the saddle. And so as my butt touched down, Carmelita cut loose, and I just kept putting leg on and encouraging her forward, and after about three bucks, she settled down and trotted. I had no idea they were doing that until they fessed up at lunch. 
And I said, okay, being innovative and used to making pennies work like nickels and nickels work like dollars in the horse business. Um, you all lost the bet then, didn't you? Nobody won because I didn't fall off. And they kind of looked at each other and I put my hand out and said, so put your pesos on my palm. We need more medicine for the medical clinic for the IORAs. That's awesome. <laughs> and they paid up. <laughs> Good story. I've never heard that story in all the times, years I've known you. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been at Houghton College since August of 1986. and. I was the third person to run the program and starting with the third year and it's just, this place is so beautiful and the atmosphere is so awesome. And the students I get to work with are so amazing. Now that I'm old enough to retire, I go, do I have to give up having this much fun? And the college yeah. very graciously said, no, you can stay and teach. You said, thank you very much. Yes, I did. Well, I know it's so good to have you on today because Certified Horsemanship Association does allow colleges and universities to utilize all of our programs, and you have been doing so there at Houghton for years. Can you let us all know a little bit more about how you incorporate CHA for your students there at your classes at Houghton? Well, it has evolved over the years. Um, back when we first started, the Riding Instructor Certification course was a two and then a three week summer school course where the first two weeks were preparing them and doing all the lectures and lots of practice teaching, et cetera. But they had also been working as volunteer teaching assistants with classes throughout the school year to help get supervised experience. And then the last week of the summer school course, we would run two standard clinics simultaneously. So we'd have four certifiers there and we would allow outside people to come in and fill in the spots and make a blend between the college students and the people that already were professionals and looking for certification uh, so that they got exposed to people that were already out working in the field. And those people got exposed to what knowledge base the students had been building. Um, and we went through all of the workshops and the written exams and all the sample lessons, et cetera. Um, but then our program grew. Until we had so many students, because when I first started, I was the only professor in the program, that it has now evolved into a three-credit course of preparation in the spring semester, and then a one-credit course that is a summer school course where we do bring in an outside clinician to work with the professor who's teaching the class, who uh, certifier is our new term, who is also a certifier. And they go through the final testing and exams of their teaching ability. Um, and we have done the same thing with our equine facility management, stable management course, in that we follow all the protocol. We have all the workshops, all the preparation. And during the semester, the professor who is teaching that tests each student individually on every single skill within each level as high as what they are qualified to try for and then brings in an outside certifier to be the deciding voice while they demo the skills to them. I'm so glad you brought up EFM. So Equine Facility Manager Certification, go ahead and um, chat with us a little bit more about that. I know you're a certifier for it and you obviously have gone through it as a participant because everyone has to in order to become a certifier. And then obviously you now put your students there at the college through it. Give us a little bit more detail about it and then how it's ended up benefiting everybody. 
Okay. Well, for starters, I can say it can often be a headache for stable owners to find reliable help that actually know what they're doing. So CHA's Equine Facility Management Certification is a great boon to the industry for the health and well-being of the horses and for the peace of mind of the stable owners and the horse owners. Um, so it is broken into levels. And some of the levels depend on what age you have reached as to whether you qualify for it. And starts out with stable worker, where you have to know basic grooming and horse handling techniques and how to clean a straw properly and how to keep yourself safe and to recognize issues where you know you need to get the vet or your manager because there's something that really needs dealt with. On up through the highest level having knowledge of employment laws, being competent to supervise 20 to 50 or more horses with their health well-being, maintaining the facilities with fencing and manure disposal and knowledge of nutrition and bandaging and uh, how to do inoculations and injections if needed, et cetera. And as is true of every CHA certification, you go through written exams and demonstration of, in this case, the stable skills. So it's not so much teaching other than if you're a manager where you might be teaching an employee how to do something um, that they don't already know. But it's quite thorough, and I like doing it through the college setup because we make sure they are rock solid on every skill in the levels before they try it. Um, when you walk into one, when you have signed up for a certification testing, you get the materials ahead of time along with all the list of the skills you need to know. So you can practice your little heart out and make sure you are solid on what you're going to be evaluated on because you don't know ahead of time which skill or skills you're going to be asked to demonstrate. And I love this program. It has everything on it, Glenn, from how to do a poultice wrap. It has taking vitals. It has putting a horse in a trailer. It has, um, oh, it just goes on and on. Cleaning a sheath. I mean, it just goes on and on. It's a very in-depth program. You know, too, I have seen more ads for grooms and stable hands in the last week than I have ever before. It's just, they're so hard to come by now. So this is so important that we get more people trained up. That's for sure. I agree. So what do you think, Joanne, are some of the benefits that you've seen the students and others come out with after they take the EFM? Well, just quoting some feedback from a clinic that I just did recently this spring already. The interaction with other professionals, sharing of ideas, the opportunity to realize that this testing is for real, it's real life, but that doesn't mean it's doom and gloom and we're not sitting there waiting, trying to trap anybody. We try to set a scenario so it's like real life and you can relax and deal with it as though this is my barn at home and this is what I would do. Um, and feedback from the participants was they really appreciated it because not only did they have a more solid grasp of where they were, but they also knew what they needed to master and learn if they wanted to move to a higher level. Um, and it's just a great, what can I say, a getting together of people with a professional mindset about wanting to be good at what they do 
And even though we're not there to teach them how to do these things, we're there to evaluate what they already know. Invariably, they say, this was so worth the time and the effort because not only did I earn the certification for what I already know, I learned so much from being here. And I always look at them and smile and say, you can't put this many people that are that passionate about horses together. They're going to talk about what they know and things they've handled and seen. They can't help but share. So, yeah, this is a fringe benefit of every single CHA certification I've ever been to. That is so true. Even though we always say we're certifying, not educating, education is part of it. It absolutely happens. It sure does. So, um, Joanne, let us know how folks can find you. What is the easiest way to hunt you down if they have more questions, want to learn more about Houghton, want to learn more about EFM? Well, if they go to the CHA website to look up, we're in alphabetical order, and it gives contact information there. If they go to www.houghton.edu, Slash equestrian that will take you to our web pages on the college's website that deal with the equestrian program, and it also gives information and contact information for all of the professors in the program. It'll also give you beautiful bios on the horses in our lesson herd, etc. And anyone that works for Houghton College, their email address is first name dot last name at Houghton edu. Very good, Joanne. Well, thank you so much for being on today to discuss a little bit more about your background. I learn something new about you every single time I interview you. I just love it. Thank you for always having new and fresh stories. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Well, you know, us horse people, we've got a million to share. The trouble is shutting us up and letting somebody else have a turn. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a good one. Thank you, Joanne. You have a great rest of your day. You too, Christy. Pleasure to chat with you. Equestrian professionals are busy, really busy, keeping client and owners abreast of training progress and updating care teams on care plans takes time and plenty of it. That's where the concept of horse report system originated, a centralized system that could help busy trainers easily communicate with their team and with each horse's owner about training and health needs. Horse report system is robust. Based on input from professionals at the elite level of equine sports, Horse Report System includes everything a busy professional needs to keep their horses in top form and their owners engaged in the horse's progress. And Horse Report System is continuously evolving to provide equestrians of every level and every discipline with the most convenient and user-friendly way to provide optimal care for their horses and easy communication with their team. You can learn more or sign up today at horsereportsystem.com. Our next guest is Natalie Hamilton. She has always thought that horses would remain a hobby and that was not something she was going to be able to make a career of. How many of us have thought that? And then we get sucked in. She did. She got accepted as an equestrian counselor at a local summer camp and has never looked back. Five camps and four states later, she is now serving as the equestrian director at Pine Ridge Day Camp in northern Alabama and has been actively involved in CHA throughout that time. She is an English Western assistant certifier for us, a site visitor, and a level four EFM certifier, I mean certified, which is what we just talked about with Joanne. So Natalie, we are so excited to have you on the show today. Please tell us a little bit more about your horse journey. 
Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, so I I grew up in Southern California area, and most of my horse experience at that point in time, it was all for fun. I never took a lesson until I was in my early 20s, until I honestly got started with CHA. So everything that I knew up until that point was just what I learned from my parents, from our friends, trial and error. Um, we were never super competitive. We really had horses for fun and then also for work. So, you know, we would grow up late days. We would go to the ropings and the sortings and team pinnings and things like that. We would go camping up in the mountains all the time and go packing with our horses. Graduated and again, didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I was in an office. I was miserable. I knew I never wanted to go back into that. Um, you know, college wasn't necessarily working for me at that point in time. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go work at camp for a summer. And I knew they needed horse counselors. So I called them up. I had gone to that camp when I was a kid. Absolutely loved my experience there. So wanted to give a chance to to do that for another another kid. And ended up kind of running their horse program for the summer. Again, still not thinking that this was ever going to be, you know, anything more than past August. And then I have to go back to the quote unquote real world and figure something else out. And again, absolutely loved it. Really enjoyed it. Ended up finding a job full time. Packed up my car, moved. And again, that's going on 15 years now. And I haven't left camps yet. I've primarily, again, worked with the, the beginner to intermediate riders. A lot of those first experiences that, that kids tend to have with horses is what most of my camps that I have worked at has focused on. Um, I have did therapeutic riding for a while. I was a path instructor for a while as well and just kind of moved across the country. I was in Kentucky for a little bit where the facility I was at, we did lots of trail riding and it was so much fun to get to take all of our participants on three, four hour long trail rides through the mountains, through the creeks, through the river. So much fun. And then I was up in Michigan for a while and focus more on true arena-based lessons there and a little bit more therapeutic riding there. And now I'm down here in Alabama doing pretty much the same thing, still still teaching, um, still just riding for fun and enjoying, enjoying myself and trying to, to share that passion and love with the next generation of kids that come through. So, Natalie, tell us a little bit more about our CHA English Western Instructor Certification. I know you're a certifier for it, and we would love to know um, what you feel about that program, how that program works, because most of the listeners probably don't know all the detail of it, and what benefits you found for the folks that have gone through it. Yeah, absolutely. So, the English Western Instructor, EWI, it's a five-day-long certification Everyone will teach a minimum of three mounted lessons and at least one unmounted lesson. And it's a chance for us to evaluate your teaching abilities at this current point in time and how you are able to effectively teach a group lesson safely. Um, so I know lots of people come into to the EWI thinking that it is more of an educational piece, and there's absolutely going to be things that you're going to learn and you're going to grow your skills, but definitely the, the biggest point is to certify you where you are at at this exact moment. Um, and I know that that can be a little confusing for some people that are coming into it, but the EWI is it's a fun process. One of the biggest things that I love about this process, it, it gives you time 
for, for multiple different aspects. It gives you time for self-evaluation. It gives you multiple different capacities of which you're being evaluated on, not just your teaching. You're being evaluated on your writing. You're being evaluated on your ability to give feedback to other participants, how your general horse handling skills are. So, and, and you have multiple opportunities to. It's not just a pass or, or fail. You know, lots of other certifications out there that are teaching specific, it's either yes or no, pass or fail, and you get one shot and you're done. And that can even be even more stressful than, you know, a five-day process where you get multiple opportunities to grow. We get a chance to see you grow. We get a chance to see you take feedback and put that into your next lesson to, to better yourself and better your students going forward. Another big benefit I feel and something I really love about the CHA process for this is it breaks it down into very simple and easy to understand progression. I mean, we get lots of participants that, oh, I only teach English. I can only teach English. There's no way I could possibly teach someone in a Western saddle how to trot for the first time. And that's not the case at those lower levels both, all of those skills and the ones or two are so interchangeable between both English and Western seats that it really helps you pare down what you thought your knowledge base was and what you thought your, your abilities were that you can teach a solid foundation of horsemanship skills to anyone, regardless of what seat you are in. And then we move into the higher levels, the threes and the fours, to where, yes, we're getting much more discipline-specific, but that's one of the fun processes of the EWI is we have lots of them that come say, oh, I only need my English cert or I only want my English cert. English certification, but you can get your Western potentially in one of those ones or twos, depending upon your, your comfort level and your ability. It's very, very versatile. And so that's something that I've really always loved about the EWI process is, is, is that it does definitely help expand our participants what, what they thought their knowledge base was and what they thought they could do. It helps kind of push them naturally outside of their comfort zone a little bit to, to learn even more. Um, one of the biggest benefits I, I feel that a lot of our participants walk away from that certification is is just confidence, confident in their abilities, confidence in their teaching skills. Um, it gives them instant feedback that they can go, go back home and work on and, again, help their students at home work with or work on those skills even better. It really challenges them to to push their students more and challenges them to become a better instructor as a whole. Um, so that, that's a big benefit that I see a lot of our, our, our participants walk away from that certification with. I also like how it just has some, some natural flow to it, and it allows you to naturally self-evaluate yourself. If you go into that arena and you completely bomb that lesson, most of the time you're going to know it, you're going to feel it, but you're, you're going to come out of it stronger because, you again, you know you have another chance to try again. You have another chance to reteach a topic or do something different. And again, we also, we're not just evaluating on your teaching in that specific moment. We're evaluating you with the entire process, the entire week that you were there in multiple different, different capacities. So again, just that, that mentality that's not just a simple pass or fail. 
makes a lot of our participants, I feel, at least I think, more feel like they're more successful. I think that's so good. And I'll tell you, our English Western Instructor Certification is what CHA was founded on since 1967. This is our bread and butter. We still have 75% of our certifications are EWIs. And then the rest of the 25% is all the others that we're talking about today. So this is truly who we are. And not to brag as the CEO of CHA, but I think we do a really good job at it. Um, this is something that really is our bailiwick, right? Our main one. So thank you so yeah. much for doing a thorough job, Natalie, about explaining yeah. that to folks because it is, it's a great program and it it's one that is. can be accomplished in, you know, just five days getting a level in each seat is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. To be able to yeah. do that. And I know it's very popular in camps and, you know, it definitely gives camps a clear progression, but it's not just beneficial to camps. There are so many other private lesson facilities that your instructors can and will benefit from, from this certification, from this process. So trying to, to broaden that mindset of, oh, it's not just a camp thing. It's for anyone who teaches in any kind of capacity. Very true. So now we're going to dive into another program of which you are involved with us. So a lot of people I don't think realize that we actually accredit equine facilities as well. So we have site visitors of which Natalie is one and we go into equine facilities, whether it's Houghton College like Joanne works for or whether it's the um, camp that Natalie works for or whomever. And we look at your overall facility and then we site accredit it based on our standards manual um, for the horse industry, making sure that things are safe and effective for the horses and the humans. So Natalie, do you want to dive in a little bit more about um, site accreditation and the process and what you feel the benefits are to barns that choose to do so? Yeah, absolutely. So the site accreditation process, it can be a little daunting. Um, you know, if, if it's something you're you're interested in, you're going to want to go to the CHA website You'll reach out to Terry. She'll send you all the stuff you need, and you're going to get that standards manual. And as soon as you start looking through it, you're like, okay, this is doable. And then you might keep going through it, and you're like, oh, that's a, that's a little bit much. And it can be a little daunting at times. But majority of the time, if you are running a safe and effective facility, you are naturally already doing many of the things that are listed in the standards manual. So that standards manual serves as a guide to, to again, just help set industry standards, the best practices for the horse community as a whole. So it allows you to adapt, change, amplify, you know, embellish a little bit some of your policies, some of your practices to really, again, kind of drive this this safety that we're always talking about and preaching the CHA, again, for any kind of equine facility. I know a lot of people tend to get hung up on the fact that, oh, I don't ride at my site, so a site accreditation wouldn't necessarily benefit me. It will. Site accreditation is not just for riding facilities. It can be for rescues. It could be for entertainment venues. It could be for dude ranches. It could be for any kind of facility, any business that has horses as part of their business can and will benefit from a side accreditation. And the more of those kind of outside pockets that aren't the teaching specific pockets uh, in the horse world that can get side accredited and that, you know, embrace this accreditation, it's just going to help strengthen 
our, our horse industry as a whole. It, again, it gives us a set of policies, a set of procedures, a set standard for all of us to uphold ourselves and make our entire industry stronger all around. Very true. And for those that want to find out more, just go to www.cha.horse, H-O-R-S-E, and you will find more of this in detail. So, Natalie, share with us um, where people can find you. Obviously, they can go to our CHA website and find you, but what is another good website or way to track you down if they're interested in finding out more about your camp there in Alabama or have any other questions? Yeah, so I'm not big on social media, but I am on Facebook, so you could just look at my name and you'll probably find me there. Um, Best way to reach out to me is always by email, and if you just go to our website, pineridgedaycamp.org, all of my contact information is there. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show today and shedding some more light on our EWI and on our site accreditation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Our next guest on the show is Bob Burns. He is a CHA certifier for us in the English Western Instructor Program we just spoke about with Natalie, and he's also an equine facilities level four manager. Bob is a graduate of Texas A&M University and is the retired manager for the Texas A&M Parsons Mounted Calvary. He has 20 years of service as a Texas public school educator, and for the past eight years, he has also been a PATH and one of our Instructors of Riders with Disabilities instructors for the therapy and veteran writing programs at Texas A&M. Hi, Bob. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You're welcome. I am welcome. I feel welcome. I'm glad <laughs> about all of the above. So, Bob, tell us a little bit more about your horsey background. Uh, I was uh, raised around uh, barns in uh, West Texas. I, I rode horses professionally for a, uh, a trainer there uh, for the public. And uh, then I... When I went to Texas A&M, uh, we were we were taught in the caval- cavalry by uh, a guy who was on the uh, actually his name's John Fritz Dean Fritz he was the head of the International uh, Olympic Committee selection process and also a dressage judge so I learned English there and um, as I've progressed along the CHA path I've gotten as many certifications as I could. Um, I, uh, in the, in the last, I don't know, 18 years, I've, I've basically ridden military saddles and military, uh, seats, which are, uh, the best description is, uh, about closer to a dressage in English and a reigning seat in Western. That is a good way to put them. I've sat in a few of them as well. And I would say that's exactly what they're like. Very and good. I also have a lot of experience driving teams. We have mule uh, teams and horse teams that we drive here at A&M. And so I've been involved in training and driving those. Well, Bob, we're so excited to have you on today to discuss a little bit more about our Instructors for Riders with Disabilities program. I feel like this program is a hidden gem of CHA that does not a lot of people know about. And slowly but surely, I know the word is getting out. We have six of them scheduled for this year, which is amazing. Um, we love that. So could you tell us a little bit more about when you went through that program, what you felt were the benefits and kind of how the program operates? So I was looking back on my note, notes here, and, and uh, I went through it in 2014 with Ann Street Jocelyn and yes. Carla Bundy. And I believe that Ann, 
street was that I think she was the only IRD instructor at that time. And she was amazing. She, she is amazing. Um, and I went through it. So I was already running the horse part of a therapeutic riding program. We have it here at A&M. Uh, they use cavalry horses and we provided facilities and tack and, uh, everything except the therapist, the, for the program. So that, that program is, uh, folks with special needs. So they have physical therapists and speech therapists and occupational therapists, uh, as well as, uh, writing therapists that teach, um, you know, all, all kinds of things. They teach reading and math and all those things through, through horse work. And then we also have a veterans writing program here, which, uh, we will provide service for them should they need it. Uh, for instance, physical therapy, but it's basically a program designed to introduce them to horses and horse work. And we use the, the exact same way that we teach the cavalry cadets here, except the cavalry cadets have to ride bareback for a year, not for a year, for a month. And, uh, we don't make our veterans ride barebacks, but other than that, uh, we just transition that program and, um, I did it, uh, at that time because I wanted, uh, it, we were reciprocating with PATH and I wanted a horse-based program rather than a, um, uh, therapeutic-based program. So in, in our program and in most programs, the therapy, uh, especially the, the majority of the physical type therapy is, is handled by a, physical therapist or a speech therapist or an occupational therapist and the horses are handled by a uh, IRD person or a path person. That is very true. And what's so interesting about this program that's different from some of the others we've talked about, it's six days long and you will be doing some um, kind of role playing at the beginning, able-bodied riding, just to see how you are as an instructor. And then, and I think this is the cool part about this program, Bob, I don't know about you, but then you work with the actual clients of the program and you can get up to level three in cognitive, working with people with cognitive disabilities like ADHD and what have you. And then you can also do up to level three with physical disabilities where you're mounting them out of a wheelchair onto the back of the horse and dismounting them and those kinds of things. So I don't know, Bob, what did you think about actually working with the real clients? Wasn't that kind of a really neat thing to do? Uh, yes, it was. And especially since they were already our clients and I knew them and, and uh, had been around them, but never really got to work with them in that sense because I wasn't certified. And so, yeah, it, it's uh, that's the way to really teach, honestly. Um, it's with real clients. It'd be neat if you could incorporate that into every program, but for sure, riders with disabilities, you need to actually deal with somebody who has cerebral palsy or someone who has to get out of a wheelchair and be transferred to a horse. And uh, to to certify without that would be very difficult. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a key element of that program. 
Yes, it's been a really good program. And um, we now have one up in Canada, which is exciting, and others around the country. And again, you can just go to CHA.horse and look up certifications near you. And you can look by date or by type or also by location. So that's that's wonderful. So, um, Bob, before we leave for the day, is there anything else about the others? Because I know you're certified in so many things for us that you want to chat about. Is there any particular thing with um, our English Western instructor or our equine facility manager? manager that really comes to light that you would like to mention? So we are going to start really pushing the equine uh, manager certification here at A&M. Uh, what what I'm, we're finding out is a, a lot of people from around the nation uh, graduate with degrees in equine science and have no certification of any kind. They don't have a certification to, to teach writing. They don't have a certification to manage a barn. They have a degree from Texas A&M in equine science, but they don't have any kind of practical hands-on experience. And so I I think that's a, a huge niche that CHA, I know you had a, a college prof on earlier, which I haven't heard yet, but um, I, I think that's a huge niche for CHA. And I really, uh, two of us here, uh, a guy that manages the animal science uh, uh he, he manages everything, not just horses, but everything except the cavalry. And he and I went through it last year, and we really liked it. Uh, Amy Edwards over there in, in, uh, in Waco did it. And it was, it's, it's, it's different than any other CHA certification um, in that it's test-based, and you have to be prepared, and you really have to know what you're doing. Uh, I, would, I would say, you know, a lot of times if you're already in the business and you go through the CHA conference, if if you've been teaching for a long time, you can make it through. You know, you might not get the level you want, but in in uh, this management program, you you got to do your homework. <laughs> you have to know know what they're going to question, and it's written tests, and it's immediately evaluated. And so, it's uh, it's it's a very thorough program. And I think if you hired somebody with that certification, you would be well served. And I don't know that that's true in any other degrees that I know of or certification. Thank you, Bob. I would agree. That one is definitely up and climbing. It's our second largest right now as equine facility manager after our English Western. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Can um, Obviously, people can find you on our website at cha.horse. Where else can they yep. track you down? Uh, the best place is the way is, is y'all's website. I'm working on a website. I have a web designer. She's designing it right now, but I'm not ready to roll it out yet. So I have, a, I have a, a Gmail address there, bburn74 at Gmail, and I always answer those. So we, we'll be glad to do that. Thank you, Bob, so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Our next guest is Phil Peterson. He has been a CHA driving certifier since the inception of the program. Driving has been both a hobby for him and a career. He first learned to drive on a pony cart. Then he learned to drive a four-up hitch on a stagecoach. Phil is also a regional director for us and a past president from our board of directors and a treasurer. He's done many things. And he's also a trail guide certifier. Uh, most of this experience has been in the Cascade Mountains of Washington and Oregon. And he also has other certifications under his belt that we already spoke about earlier in the show. So we have him on to talk about these two. Hi, Phil. How are you? 
I'm doing terrific, Christy. Thank you. I'm so excited. Something I can relate to here. Right That's now. right. You can yeah. dive in and ask him questions. That's on right. This one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Phil, give our listeners a little bit more about your equine background. Well, I started my career uh, at a horsemanship vocational college back in 1977. Um, and uh, from there, I spent the next 30 years in summer camp horsemanship. So, we did a variety of uh, horsemanship experiences, uh, both arena instruction and trail riding. And we drove horses um, at our camp that kind of created that division from uh, the city to uh, they rode the, a hay wagon out to their cabins and uh, we delivered their luggage and them to uh, kind of create that break from the city. So it was always a uh, kind of a, a comment from the parents. This is so cool. So that's uh, been the variety of my experience. I've been certified since 1980 and currently working with my daughter at her private lesson facility here in Ritzville, Washington. Well, you live in a gorgeous part of the country for sure. The Cascade Mountains are awesome. Yes, they are. A lot of natural beauty. So please tell our listeners, Phil, a little bit more about the driving certification. How many days is it? What do they have to expect? What do they have to do? How does that whole program work? Well, uh, the two programs that I'm talking about today both have a unique element to them. Um, you can be certified as an instructor, as a driver, or you can be certified as a driver, uh, just uh, being certified on the skills that you demonstrate. So it's a five-day certification. Uh, every driver starts at our uh, beginner level uh, working horses on the ground. You're evaluated on your horsemanship and safety and then uh, demonstrating your skills and uh, working uh, with harness. And then... Um, we ground drive the horses and make sure that um, the basic skills are there to, to control uh, a horse or a team. And then we work on hitching. And uh, once they're hitched, we talk about aligning uh, uh, the harness, making sure that the, the lines, drive lines are adjusted properly to get the, the horses working together or uh, you know, nothing's hanging up and that sort of thing. And um, we believe that uh, a safe driver is creates positive experiences for their uh, participants or anybody riding on the vehicle. So, I got to interrupt you there, too, because I think one of the hardest things when you first decide, like I was a horse husband, I tried riding 30 years ago, hated it. So Jennifer's yeah. like, maybe you'd like driving. But if you don't know a darn thing about putting a harness on and fitting the harness properly... It's not yeah. something you're going to figure out by yourself. It's it's somewhat complicated. Right. I, mean. yeah. I, I think it's, yeah, it's one of those learning style things, too. I mean, some people could learn it from a book, maybe, but uh, there's nothing like getting your hands out there and feeling the leather and feeling the adjustment and making sure that it's hitched properly to your vehicle and making sure that you're uh, all set to go before you jump on well, there and, and, and what right the away. mistake I think we all see uh, a lot if from people who d 
don't know what you don't know, right? When you're first starting out driving right. is you see the shafts in the wrong place. They're either too high or too low or, you know, just just so many different things that go into harnessing a horse. And I, I Absolutely. we had one of our listeners recently get a couple of draft horses and got the harness. She bought the harness and then she got it home and went, okay, I need help now because it's, it's a lot of leather. <laughs> it is. It just looks like a big mess. Running through your hands, yeah? <laughs> So, in addition to uh, basic driving skills, we also talk about loading and unloading vehicles, um, being able to, you know, turn the vehicle around, you know, if you're in a spot where you can't, uh, you know, make a big U-turn. We talk about um, the um, group control, you know, making sure that people aren't approaching your driving horses inappropriately or getting in their path. So that uh, a lot of people think, you know, hey, this horse is going to run me over, but you never know. And so uh, part of that is uh, group control. Part of it's professionalism, being able to communicate to a group of uh, riders on your vehicle. So it is a very thorough so, program. And do we do we do single hitch and double hitch, right? So we don't do more than two right. horses during the certification. Right. Okay. Right. Currently, we're just doing uh, single and team. Yeah. Very good. And it is it is unique in the fact that, uh, like Phil said, you can be certified as a driving instructor where you're teaching others to drive. And then you can actually, Glenn, you could come be certified as a driver. That's it. Not necessarily teaching others. So when are you going to come play in the sandbox, <laughs> Glenn? I'd love to go to Oregon and play. That sounds like fun. <laughs> There's going to well, be one already. in Idaho. Yeah. Idaho. Idaho, yeah. In Sun Valley, yeah. That's only a little closer the, from Florida. Uh, Oh. <laughs> yeah, the third week of September, right? That's right. You might want to think well, about they do it. Have an airport there? Yeah, <laughs> true. Something for to think about for the future. So now this is another one that you could also do, Glenn, and I think Jim would enjoy this one too. We're going to dive into a little bit more about our trail guide certification, and this also is for those that teach people how to pack out into the wilderness. But then it's also for those that just do the packing itself and are not necessarily teaching others. So Phil, go ahead and dive in a little bit more as a certifier for us about what this program is all about. Right. Um, so this w- was originally came out of our English Western instruction and we knew that there were a lot of programs that primarily did trail riding as part of their program. And we, we know that most trail riders and whether it's a camp or a dude string or anything like that are uh, beginner riders. So uh, this trail program starts with that in mind and they, you know, we certify our level one riders, that just do short rides and then we have a, it's a four level program. So we have an overnight guide, which uh, would be people that take riders out to an established camp. Um, they don't necessarily bring a pack horse. Uh, the pe- people dismount, tie up their horses, you know, maybe have dinner or camp overnight and then come back, um, you know, to the, the base camper or the, starting point, wherever they came from. So our third level would be a packing guide. And, uh, that would be somebody who takes people out, um, on a trail for an extended period of time and has to bring with them, uh, all the supplies they need, the tents and kitchen and, um, you know, all the, the gear that the people bring with them. And, uh, but they would 
go to an established area that may have some facilities available, but only accessible by horse or foot. So, uh, and that's the uh, our third level. Our fourth level is what we call our wilderness packing guide. And uh, that person would take people out into the Alaska bush or into the, uh, you know, North Cascades National Park where there aren't established camps and pick a suitable place to set up a camp and, and just basically you everything that you need for camping needs to be brought with you and um, including feed for the horses in a lot of cases. And so that's a, uh, a lot, lot higher skill level in terms of survival and, and uh, selecting site selection for the camp and so on and so forth. So that's kind of the overview. We, uh, same thing. We evaluate, um, instructors who actually teach these skills. And then we evaluate packers who are doing, this as a profession, but don't necessarily teach their clients what needs to, uh, happen along the way. They're taking care of all that for them. They're evaluated on, again, on safety, um, management of horses and equipment, professionalism, and then uh, we add an additional criteria, which is camping and outdoor skills, and then um, teaching techniques and lesson planning. And to me, Phil, this is an amazing program. For less than $1,000, you get to go out and really camp with horses, even if you only come out with your assistant level and you don't right. even make level one. Oh, my goodness. What an amazing adventure to be part Absolutely. of this. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's really our, uh, you know, we, we, we see a lot of people who want to experience that who are uh, professionals in other disciplines, but they just want to get out and see what it's like. And uh, that's a great experience, you bet. And we do have a lot of education on our website for this. We have uh, videos on our um, YouTube channel. Just go to CHA.horse and look up education and videos on high line and picket line and hobbling and all the ways to secure your horses. So lots of uh, information before you come on one of these certifications is also there. So, Phil, let's dive in just for a second. We created um, just recently a day ride trail guide certification, and this is going to be for those outfits that a lot of us have ridden on where you go on vacation, right? And they take you out on an hour ride in some beautiful terrain, and then you come back. So can you talk a little bit more about this program? Right. So this is an abbreviated uh, version of our trail guide certification, and uh, it's uh, really designed for an entry-level trail guide staff, and we really focus on the, the safety, um, you know, approaching the horses, mounting, dismounting, doing a variety of um, orientation, depending on where you're going and how long you're going to be gone, making sure that people have what they need for the extended, uh, the whatever period of time, whether it's bottle of water or a, a, a raincoat or whatever it might be. And, and uh, so the Dale Ride Horsemanship is really tailored to the program that we're doing the certification at. Because of that, just one certifier is required, and they work with a current CHA certified staff member at that facility uh, to make sure that their staff is um, following our standards and, and uh, aware of all the the things that they may encounter on the the rides that they take. 
Very good. So instead of the full five day pack out into the wilderness, this one's more like two and a half days just for, you know, your summer right. camp counselors, things like that. So, well, Phil, I, I got so one appreciate more question. you being on. Is oh, yeah, there a truck please. wagon certification yet, Phil? Ah. Chuck wagon like the Calgary Stampede Chuck wagon race. You, no, thing? no, I, yeah. I meant the one you actually <laughs> cook on because I like to cook. So, oh yeah, yeah. Well, we, you know, we have some guys that have the Chuck wagon rigs, and uh, they bring them along on uh, some of our excursions. And uh, yeah, that's that's a fun experience. That's been too, on my bucket list. Is to be, I don't want to yeah. ride the horses. I just want to be on the Chuck wagon. And I'll help cook. I like. There that. you go. Yeah. Uh, you do a little Dutch oven cooking. And, yeah. That'd be terrific. You bet. Yeah. Yeah, The last pack trip I went on, we actually ate rattlesnakes. So that was a new experience. And tastes like chicken. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was a little rubbery, but. Yeah, that's what I found too. We tried it once too. That's what we came up with. (laughs) Maybe rubbery chicken. (laughs) Well, Phil, thank you so much for being on today. Can you go ahead and uh, let folks know um, where they can find out more about you? Do you want them to go to the CHA website? Where would you like them to go? Sure. Uh, well, I have a profile at uh, CHA.horse, and uh, you can look me up at, under the Washington uh, area or put in my name, Phil Peterson. Um, I'm also uh, on my daughter's website, which is ironlegacyranch.com, and you can read a little bit more about what we do here and uh, be happy to answer any questions. Phil, thank you so much for being on today and talking about these two really important programs that are kind of, again, under the radar. We need to get them more above the radar. They're great programs that uh, CHA has. For those of you that are interested, just hop on CHA.horse to find out more. Thank you, Phil. Absolutely. So, Christy, I'm glad we did this because we have so many new listeners, and it's been a long time. We've been doing this show forever, but it's been a long time since we really talked about all the things that the CHA does. What advantage does it have for a person to get certified in any of these things? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll tell you my reasoning. My insurance went down. That's why I did it. I was all about the money. Um, For other people, they need the marketing. They are maybe a brand new instructor and they don't really have the marketing and we help them market their program and get them their name out there. Uh, For somebody else, I think it differentiates them from the masses, right? If Joe up the road doesn't have his certification, but Phil does, Phil can say, hey, I'm certified. So a third party entity has said, huh, you do this well, which I think then bodes well for the clients of the people that are bringing, let's say, a writing student or whatever, their own child, their grandchild. They go, huh, this person's actually certified. They went above and beyond in a country that doesn't require certification. Uh, Some countries like in Europe certainly do, but we don't here. So I think that that safety perspective is big as well. Very good. That explained it. Well, I want to end with this, though, everybody listening. There is no CHA way to teach anything. There is no CHA way to take vitals on your horse. There is no CHA way to put a horse in the trailer. There's no CHA way to teach the first canter or the first lope. It is how do you do it? And do you do it safely? Do you do it effectively? And we also care about if it's fun. So those are our primary things we look for when we're certifying you. Also, of course, you have a lot of theory behind what you know. You have a lot of whys and hows when you're teaching others about what you know. But that is really key for us is we don't give you a book and say, learn the CHA way. There isn't one. We say, here's our manuals and things that can help you along the way. But it's what you know coming in and your experience coming in that's going to get you the high marks in our process. That's what makes it a little bit different than the Pony Club way, right? Because there is the Pony Club way. 
Yes, yeah. there is certainly a book on that deal. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we're a little bit more broad-based. Gotcha. Yes. Very good. And of course, Christy is here the third thir- Tuesday of every month. And we've been doing this for eight years. You can find all the past episodes. Just go to horsesinthemorning.com. Scroll down to the middle of the page. You'll see the CHA uh, logo. Click on that, and it brings up all the past episodes. There's probably 50 or 100 of them by now. Uh, so go check that out there. And give the website again. Yes, CHA.horse, H-O-R-S-E. And where can people find the certifications that are coming up on the website? Yes, when you go to CHA.horse up at the top, there is find a certification. You can find them by date, by location, or by the types that we talked about today. Very good. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We're going to be back tomorrow. Jamie and I will be here for our usual Wednesday episode. And actually, we'll be here Thursday and Friday as well. So we have a full week of shows planned for you. And we're looking forward to hanging out with you for the rest of the week. Thank you, Christy. Thanks, Glenn. Bye-bye. 